Welcome to the most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Featuring at least three different books every week. Starring Martha Steele. The weirder the book, the better. Funny Golden. Historical fiction with a side of trauma porn. Megan Runyon, reading YA, and whatever her current fixation is. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. And you're like, where have you been my know, whole Megan. life? Could you always be my doctor? Did you ever know that you're my, my hero? hero. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? A ridiculous See, thing. this is the kind of stuff we need for the podcast. It's too bad everybody else isn't on yet. I know where the fuck is everybody. I know where Megan is because she had a friend. She tried to get me to go with. Her whole goal in this thing was to make sure I didn't leave the theater before Taylor Swift was done. <laughs> so she was like, please come to S&B after we're done. We can go eat. And I'm like... I know she was never a cheerleader, but that's what she was like today. Really? Because I don't feel good, you know, and I'm not really very f fan facing forward at the moment. <laughs> fan facing? Yeah. And she uh -huh. and she like wore this fucking sparkly outfit from Taylor Swift and greeted everybody who came in and took videos Dang. and Jesus Christ during the fucking concert. She was jumping up and down in the theater with all the little girls singing. Oh. <laughs> That's oh. funny. She was just so perfectly on today. She was so perfectly Megan. She was in her element and oh, I just appreciated it so much. You have no idea because I really was not feeling being there at all. I mean, even Joe, Joey come up to me afterwards and he's like, why are you even here, honey? Go home. Take a nap. <laughs> I'm like, I really want to take a nap. It was, it really turned out pretty good. I mean, she would have liked it if everybody stood up the whole time and sang and did the thing. And yeah. So she. Like a real concert. Yeah, it was. There, there was about, I would say, maybe about half of the people who were there who were mostly younger people, were very excited and standing up and yelling the songs just like they do in concerts and whatnot. And then the other half were the moms <laughs> who just wanted a fucking you, nap. You were on the mom side? I was on the mom <laughs> side. We There were a couple of people there um, who were single people. They didn't couldn't find anybody to come with them. And they were about uh -huh. Megan's age. So mm -hmm. we made a couple of friends today. Handed out oh, some business cool. cards, and it's always good to have more friends that you know you have things in common with. That's the worst part of this is that I don't actually have a pattern. I'm just going off a picture. Oh, my God. So I have to figure out where I'm at every time I start again. <laughs> I need some yarn. i got to find yarn that's not connected to something. Like I said, like my book. So many freaking balls in the air, man. <laughs> Literally. Balls in a basket. How was lunch? What'd you have? Uh, chicken, chicken strips. And, and a milkshake. You're so predictable, Megan. You know, it's weird to go to a concert at 10 a.m. You feel like you... Like the day is over yeah, and it's like only like, 12. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. it's time to go home and go to bed now. I will say Martha did survive her first Taylor Swift concert and she will never admit it, but she had fun. I did have fun. You know why I liked it? 
because I got to sit down. Yeah. Did you guys um, get to see any of the eclipse or whatnot? No. And there was a freaking I saw earthquake. the very end. And there was an earthquake while we were in the theater as well. Was there really? There was. Yeah, I got I got an alert about it on my earthquake app. It was like a 3.0, but I don't know how close Dang. it was to us to like if we could have felt it. I just thought that not. was really funny, an, a, a, an eclipse and an earthquake and a Taylor Swift concert all at the same time. I thought maybe it was because <laughs> Megan's skirt flew up or something <laughs> when she was jumping up and down in the theater. It was close. It was in Chandler, so we probably felt it. It was just we were probably in the theater and jumping around. And, and the girl next to us goes, you must work out. <laughs> she did say that. Because Megan, Megan was like jumping around. She wasn't even breaking a sweat. And that girl's like, you must work out. I was having a hard time, though. She was very sweet. Yeah. Play uh, the radio station in the bathroom. Oh, my God. And they keep it at 98. So when I pee at 3 o'clock, I pee to Martha. Oh, <laughs> I think about you while I'm on the toilet. Oh, God. Uh, I'm getting all teary right now, you guys. Well, I did not go to a concert today, but I did do something that was kind of unusual. Ooh, and I know a lot of people have done this. Well, I mean, nothing. It's nothing not that unusual. Cripes, I know we've talked about the inf <laughs> infamous Vonnie naps before, but go ahead. <laughs> Well, I fell asleep on the couch. I was sitting here on the couch. Tyler was watching football. And I thought to myself, I'm, I should just go lay down and have Tyler wake me up because I hate taking a nap before the podcast because so many times I've woken up right as the podcast has started and then I'm tired and sleepy like yeah. for the first 15 minutes because I am not a good waker upper wake her upper. Yeah. I had a dream that was so vivid and so real that when I woke up, I like wanted to run out of the house and like go back to the mall and look for the dog that I lost. Oh, geez. <laughs> Have you ever woken up from a dream like that? Like you, you dream yeah. and it's so real in your head. It takes you like 15 seconds to realize that it wasn't real. Yes. And that you're sitting on the couch. I remember when I was in high school, we were we had a speech meet the next morning and I was really tired and I fell asleep and somebody called me and asked me something and I spoke to them and hung the phone up. And the next morning, my mom said, you were talking on the phone last night and they told you not to forget something. You said, I won't forget. And then you went back to bed. Oh, um, no. So do you remember what it was? And I said, they told me, don't forget to bring the dragon. The dragon? <laughs> <laughs> so so did you take the dragon <laughs> well i do believe that while we were in wherever we were at we were shopping in between you know times or whatever and there was a stuffed dragon and i ended up purchasing the dragon because i felt it was a sign that's hilarious yeah i don't think you've ever told me that before i i didn't remember about it until you started talking about being all panicked and because I was panicked because I was like, I really don't fucking remember what they told me not to forget. What am I going to do? Dang it. Now, uh, they oh. did tell me once I got on the bus, but I'm 58 years old. I don't remember what the fuck they told me I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but I do remember yeah. that fucking dragon, though. <laughs> That's funny. I've had dreams that are like feel really real. And then like the thing that you're dreaming about happens but slightly different than how you dreamed it and that's always weird yeah and then you're like oh my god i dreamt this yeah yeah i had some like back back to visit culver for 
friend's graduations when I was in college and I had like this whole vivid dream and I like called my friend and I was like this is weird and she's like well it's because you're going back and you're gonna like see the people in that dream and then like I got to campus and it was like not exactly the same but like major deja vu-ish it wasn't yeah. even deja vu it was like prophetic Ooh. it was like yeah, that's creepy. I, yeah, it was creepy out. It but, was weird. At least and there was no death friend. involved or anything. No, no. It was seeing a friend that I had not seen and talked to in like a while. So it was good. But it creeped me out. I was like, ah, I don't like, I don't like this. <laughs> I did that one time and it was so weird and creepy. Um, I was a teenager, probably about 14. And I know it just had to do with the fact of the time of the year and the temperature of the outside. But I was asleep in on the couch. Really wasn't a couch. It was the uh, bench seat out of a car that we were using as a couch. Oh, at Jesus the time. Christ. That's and- so ghetto. <laughs> that's so redneck, Monty. Redneck. Redneck. Yes. So I won't redneck. even tell you about the bass that we had in the fish tank that we caught out of the lake and took home. Oh, Lord. And kept it as a pet. <laughs> yeah. That poor yeah. fish. Yeah, he I was, was so white trash. He was just- he was just going to his fish job, go, supporting his fish family, and then you kidnapped him. <laughs> you kidnapped his name him. was Roscoe. Roscoe? <laughs> Roscoe the bass. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm sleeping on, you know, this car bench seat, which is kind of cold because, you know, it's vinyl. And it's up against the window. <laughs> Don't judge me. I'm and- not judging you. <laughs> I am. And uh, <laughs> I know. And I woke up and looked outside and said, "Oh my god, it's snowing." And then I woke up and looked outside and it was snowing. And I said, "Oh my god, it's snowing." And I said, "Oh my god, I just dreamt this." <laughs> oh my god, I just said that. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. It was really strange, either that or somebody slipped some acid into my drink that day. It's really hard to say. Well, considering who your mother was dating at that point, it probably would not have been out of the realm of possibility. No. No, no. Roscoe the Bass. Oh, my Roscoe God. Roscoe the Bass. We need, oh, my God. We need, a three, a- <laughs> we need a three Go book ahead. girls podcast mascot. That's it. Roscoe. Hi everyone. Meet Roscoe, the emotional support mask. Go ahead. <laughs> Did you ever watch uh the Dukes of Hazards? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Who was the other um who was the other policeman? It was Roscoe, Roscoe Pico Train, and Ross, and there was another, I can't remember the name, but we had two bass at one time and Roscoe ate the other one. It doesn't matter. I was just that was the name of the other one, but we didn't have that one for very long because uh, Roscoe ate the other one. <laughs> That's hilarious. Awesome. Deputy Sheriff Enos Strait. So you had Roscoe, Pete Coltrane. And Enos. And Enos, who was eaten by Roscoe. Okay. Yep, and Roscoe ate Enos. Mm. That really sounds bad if you say it fast. <laughs> <laughs> Roscoe ate Enos! Speaking of redneck, I've been watching My Name is Earl. Bonnie's like, you know who always says and whatnot? Crab, crab man. Hey, crab man. Hey, where do you think I got it? Hey, Earl. I watched that on, on Netflix and it only goes to season four. What? Where's the rest and of it? I don't know. It only goes to season four and it stops right on a cliffhanger when they're talking about who her, her baby's real daddy is. 
who Earl's ex-wife's baby daddy is. And it stops. That's like the last episode. I'm $1 away from free shipping. I don't know how to get to $1 in a shop. Just um, sh- uh, look at all the items and change your filter to lowest to highest and see what's the lowest item that you can buy is. So I almost said and whatnot. I almost said it and whatnot again. <laughs> I've got that sex stuck in my head now that I was and thinking about not. Crab Man and whatnot. Crab Man. Okay. Earl! I hey, have, Crab Man. I need hey, to go. Uh, I need to go back and watch. So where's the rest of the seasons? I don't know. And it's really irritating because now it's not like I was that invested in it. It's funny and it's cute, but it's a little... You got to have all the episodes. It gets a episodes. little weird. Yeah. It gets a little weird after he's been to jail. But I still kind of want to know who the father is. You know who my character, favorite character in, uh, I bet you can't guess, who my favorite character in My Name is Earl is. I talk about her who? all the time. Oh, Patty the Daytime Hooker. That's right. She's my favorite character. <laughs> Sex worker. Sorry, Megan. Well, that's what they call her. Yeah, I know. And she Patty works, the Daytime. Yeah, she works for cheeseburgers during the day. And she's such a good actor, that lady that plays her, too. Uh-huh. Can't think of what her name is right off the top of my head. You want to hear something else funny that happened to me this week? Well, not really funny, but it's a story. My future daughter-in-law, Kaylee, text, and she couldn't find her keys. And she's like, the last time I had them was when I set them down next to the takeout bag in the kitchen. When I woke up from the couch to go to bed, because that's what I do, I'm old. Um, and I went into the kitchen, all of their stuff was still on the counter. So I just picked all of it up half sleeping, threw it in the bag and threw the bag away. So for the whole day, I'm thinking, holy shit, I threw her keys away in the trash. And then I threw my freaking <sighs> coffee grounds on top of the bag. And it just, I pan, I was panicky all day. I even came home and I was 10 minutes late going back to work from lunch because I was looking for those stupid keys in the trash. <laughs> had, Were they in the trash? No, she found them. They ended up not being in the trash. But I mean, how easy is that to do? I mean, you're half sleeping. You go to pick up the kitchen before you go to bed. You throw everything in a bag and throw it in the trash. I guess the lesson to that is don't clean your kitchen half sleeping. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Echo. Yeah, should the snoring. Can you hear her? Yes. Yes. But I will say snore and make you mute your microphone if she's if she's being disruptive. You don't pick on my dog. (laughs) I almost left her at the mall today. Only in your dreams. Only in my dreams. Do you have? But it would seem so real. Oh my god! Do you have anything in your book that discusses dreams? It is, you know, like a Freddy Krueger type of theme for Halloween. Spooky season. Excuse me. What's wrong with saying Halloween? I don't know. People. Wait a minute! I'm playing with my balls. in my dreams stop oh my god of course please sing Vonnie I need a different earworm I have karma that's in my fucking head on repeat karma is my boyfriend (laughs) only in my dreams Okay, so the book I read this week is called This Thing Between Us by Gus Moreno. So this book is about Diego and Vera. They're a young married couple of Mexican descent. The only reason I bring that up is because it's important in the book. And 
the book starts with Vera already dead, already dead. They've already gone to the funeral. So Diego is in mourning. So the book starts off automatically on this very sad, emotionally depressed note. It took about an hour into the book before it really kind of picked up. It wasn't really that scary, but interesting, like something's happening. So Vera has died, but when they were, before Vera died, they had bought this condo and they were living in this condo and uh, strange things started happening. Like they would hear boards creaking at night. There were cold spots in the house. Like one time they heard scratching inside one of the walls. It wouldn't go away. They even had an exterminator come out and put a tiny camera in their walls and look around. And they said there was no sign of any kind of pest. Like there was no nest. There was no droppings, no nothing. But they kept hearing the scratching in the wall. Well, then their Etsy, which is basically like an Alexa. Had to wait for the Alexa to turn off. (laughs) (laughs) and it started going off and talking to people who weren't there and then they started receiving packages because it's it's connected to their sierra account which is kind of like the same thing as like amazon and they get a package in the mail that that nobody ordered and it's this big pink dildo so that was a big laugh But then more packages start coming, like weird stuff that they would never order, like, you know, duct tape and rope and like all this weird shit. And uh, while this is happening, they're still hearing the creaking sounds on the boards, like somebody's walking across their wood floor. And they kept seeing these shadows that are darker than the rest of the room, like with the lights off. And all of this weird stuff starts happening. And uh, so they start asking questions about their condo. Like, did somebody die there? Did something weird happen there? You know, what happened to the people who had it before it? And they find out that the lady who used to live there was like this real old lady. And she was almost kind of like a hoarder. And when they went in to clean out her apartment, because she was evicted, they kicked her out. They didn't want her in there anymore. And... um They like found a dead skinned animal in the middle of like this hexagon ring. Like it was like a sacrifice or something. Yeah. Strange shit. Well, then even more weird stuff happens in the condo. And he decides that he just doesn't even want to live there anymore. So he goes to Colorado to live in Colorado in Estes Park. How funny is that? (laughs) That's like right up where we were. That's right by the Stanley Hotel. In this cabin. And then everything is normal for a while. And he finds this dog who's like a stray. It was St. Bernard. Big dog. And he takes it to the vet and it's not chipped. And he's trying to decide if he's going to keep this dog. He doesn't really want to take it to the shelter because it's a high kill shelter. And it's just the sweetest dog ever. And like this cabin was already furnished and it has like a lot of books like bookshelves lots of books and then books start falling on the floor 
And when he opens it up to look at the book, because they fall open when they fall off the shelf, it'll only say like one thing, pull me out of the wall. And every single page, all it says is like, pull me out of the wall, pull me out of the wall, pull me out of the wall. Golly. And it's really hard to explain without giving too much away. But then it's kind of like his grip of reality starts to loosen. And he thinks that his dead wife is trying to send him messages. Like she's trying to tell him how to bring her back to life. He keeps having these dreams where he sees people who shouldn't be there, who should be dead. (coughs) Or like weird stuff like he's floating over top of a grave. Or like he's paralyzed and he can't move. Or that he's in a completely different place. But then he wakes up and he's where he's supposed to be. So it's almost like he's losing his grip with reality. And that's where the book kind of lost me. There was some extremely scary parts. I will warn all of our animal lovers that animals are harmed in this book. So be prepared for that. You never really know. It never clears it up at the end of the book if this was something that was caused by a curse, if it's a demonic possession or a haunting or what exactly is causing him to lose his grip on life. I mean, and for all of this strange shit to happen, because some of the stuff that shouldn't be happening that he's imagining Like he's harmed from it. So things are actually happening to him without him really realizing. Like when they ask him, he's like, well, this demonic dog attacked me or (laughs) I was attacked by this zombie person that came out of the grave or, you know, and they think that he's fucking crazy. It wasn't a bad book. It was very well written. And even though it completely lost me in parts, I still kind of liked it. I mean, I would still give it a four. It definitely did not end with a bow. Martha would like this book because of that, because you never know exactly what was causing everything to happen. And just the whole fact that they incorporated a smart speaker into the storyline, because who doesn't have a smart speaker nowadays? So many people Just have Just about those. everybody have them. Has them. And I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes mine just spouts off. When there's like, you're just watching TV or my, my watch does it all the time. Sometimes I'll just be sitting there working and my watch will start talking to me. It's like, okay, nobody said anything. So why are you talking to me? It's lonely. Is it s- stupid that I f- feel like guilty Sometimes that the only thing we use ours for is a kitchen timer. Yeah, it's bored. That's why it exactly. randomly. Exactly. That's it. I, I, I feel like I'm neglectful of my local AI. If it was a dog, it'd be eating your baseboards right now. It would yeah. totally be eating my baseboards and chewing up the mm-hmm. toilet paper. Shout out to Santos. Yeah. Donna's. Oh, yeah. Toilet paper eating dog. Oh, my gosh. Dog. I don't have a smart speaker. I have my phone, which, you know, has its own but i don't have an individual one like in the house uh well it was a very strange strange book so if you like strange weird ass shit definitely read this book 
And that again is called This Thing Between Us by Gus Marano. Okay. And anyone who does read this, just remember that it takes a good hour. I mean, it's only a six hour book, so it takes a good few chapters in for things to start getting strange. Okay. So I just want to also mention that I once reviewed a book on this podcast where there was a dildo, pink dildo delivered without it having been ordered. And when, when you first started talking about this book, Vani, like not today, but the other day when you were talking about it, I'm like, wait a minute, that book was not a horror novel. <laughs> it was called Quality Land. And it was about this perfect, quote, perfect algorithm that basically sent you things you needed before you knew you needed them. I remember that book. Yeah. And that is such an awesome concept, except that means that AI knows me so well that it anticipates my needs well that is and i can't even find a fucking man who can do that (laughs) it does that's why it knows what ads you need on your facebook page it does anticipate (laughs) you true true so yeah i just had to give a call back to that original pink dildo out there somewhere that that uh, book was translated from the german mine was and i keep waiting for the sequels to be translated and put on audio in the u.s and they still haven't been so mm, bummer megan did you read anything spooky adjacent this week I Hol- sure did. halloween adjacent for those of yes, us who I... need to say the word all right so this week i read go hex yourself by jessica claire and it is a romance it's a witchy romance and we have reggie she is our main character and she applies for a help wanted ad to be an assistant but she thinks this assistant job is to be the assistant to somebody who works on this card game that she loves it's like oh it's not D&D because D&D is not cards but it's kind of like something like um yeah I guess because it has like hit points and you build your deck and so I guess it's kind of that same idea so that's what she read this ad was then she gets there she meets Drew uh, D-R-U, Drew. Uh, and she is an elderly woman and she's trying... And Reggie's just like, oh, well, I'm her assistant, right? And they keep being like, yeah, sure. That's that's what this job is. And she can't quite figure out why they're all acting a little bit weird. Uh, and Drew lives... They're in New York. They're in like an old brownstone. And she asks like what her salary will be to be the assistant. And um, the current assistant's going out on maternity leave. And so she asked the current assistant, like, well, what's the, the salary? And I can't remember. I want to say she was like, oh, it's like 30000 or something. And she's like, oh, it's kind of low. Like, I was hoping it'd be a little more. She's like, no, that, that's a month. And she's like, oh, wait, I'm what? How much? 30000 a month to be this person's assistant? Like, I don't understand. But she's going with it. And we meet Ben, also known as Caliban, by his grandmother or his aunt. Drew is his aunt. Taliban. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, yes, it's spelled Caliban, but he decided to go by Ben. Uh, and so she keeps calling him Caliban. He keeps going, it's Ben. And they keep just going back and forth. Reggie quickly finds out that this assistant job is gonna be more than she thought because drew keeps talking about casting spells and ben's talking about spells 
And she's like, yeah, in the game, right? Like, that's part of the game. You're you're building the deck. And he's like, yeah, sure. That's that's exactly what we're talking about. He does not like Drew. He's like, she is not going to be a good assistant. He just hates her, pretty much. And Drew keeps finding reasons to put the two of them together. So finally, they kind of trick slash force <laughs> Reggie into realizing that they aren't talking about a game that Drew and Ben are actually warlocks or witches and warlocks. And Reggie's gone to lunch with Drew earlier in the day. And Drew went to lunch with one of her old friends. They get into a big fight. They go back home and she fights with this friend like all the time. So this is not a new thing. They've been, we learned they've been friends for like thousands of years because Drew is a witch and obviously lives a really long time. But Reggie is still in denial. So then Drew's like, well, okay, let's show you that magic is real. If you don't think magic is real, I'm going to show you. And she is basically kind of her apprentice. And she has she uses her as like a power bank. That's the job that she's applied for. So they wear like a band that kind of connects them to each other. And that she can use uh, Reggie's power. And Drew, she does the spell... And Reggie's like, whatever, I'll go spy on your friend, but I don't know how I'm going to get close to her if she thinks you're coming to spy on her. Well, Reggie gets to where she's going and gets turned into a cat. (laughs) Meow. And now she's like, shit, magic is real and I am a cat. (laughs) And this is a problem. So she tries to go sneak up on the friend's house. Well, the friend has a dog. So then the dog... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the dog comes tearing out of the house chasing the cat which is Reggie and she barely gets away like the dog's snipping at her tail as she's trying to outrun the dog and she takes off the ring that she was given as part of the spell and then turns back into a human who's now naked in the middle of like ritzy <laughs> New York mansions oh shit yeah and the only thing, and she's in shock, basically. So the only thing she can think to do is to call Ben. And Ben's been pretty much a dick the whole time, this whole week that she's been at this house. And he, of course, drops everything and runs to her aid because he is slowly starting to admit, like, okay, I don't hate her. I might really like her. And that's kind of how the story kicks off. And the family, Ben's family, is not well-liked in the wizarding world. And a lot of people have think very poorly of him. Ben has become like a witch for hire, which is kind of common in this book for, you know, the wealthy who want to cast spells to make the stock market go their way or sabotage a, friend, uh, sabotage a competitor's launch of a new product or things like that. So one of his spells went awry- it went right, but the person that ordered the spell had not anticipated the results of the spell and ended up taking their own life in regret of having paid Ben for the spell. So Ben's in his feels in general about his spells. He doesn't really know what his next move is going to be because he feels really guilty. Um, and the whole world knows that that's what happened. So they, you know, have some judgments. There's secrets in Ben's past that they allude to and you find out what those are. Um, But the true catalyst for forcing Ben and Reggie together is 
Reggie's about ready to quit. Like, she's like, I can't deal with all of this. Her and Ben um, have a little heated makeout session in the library. So that night she's like, nope, got to move. I can't, I can't be dating my boss's nephew and I can't have feelings for him. Like, I can't do it. So then they wake up the next morning. We think, you know, Reggie's trying to leave and come to find out that Drew is in some kind of like hex spell coma and no one can wake her and that sends Ben and Reggie on their adventure together um and trying to find out who hexed uh Drew and how to get the spell undone and wake her up and you know move on with life there, there... <laughs> It was earlier in the book, and I forgot, but it made me chuckle when I was thinking about this. They're, they use, um, like, a crystal ball to scry, and they can, like, see places. Ben actually uses his cell phone because he's fancier and has more power than, than Reggie does. Uh, and Reggie picks up the crystal ball at one point before the makeout session and asks, like, where's Ben? Uh, and the crystal ball shows him, and um, a compromising position in his bedroom um masturbating <laughs> and she watches on the scry on the crystal ball mm, so she's uh that she is participating in what might be considered witch porn basically and she tells him because she feels so guilty that she straight up like the next morning she's like i watched you on the crystal ball and i'm so sorry and he was like you watched me what did you think <laughs> like, oh my god so, so what did like you a... think about the size of my penis? <laughs> That's yeah, <exactly>. so pervy. <laughs> it is so pervy, but it like works in their relationship and it kind of that really kind of starts most of the sexual tension um as they kind of are forced together um with to try to save or wake <laughs> Drew up and they travel all over trying to find these different witches and wizards who can help them as they, you know, learn about each other will they won't they after the like spying in the make the one makeout session where will we end up who knows gotta read it to find out uh i really enjoyed it it is i'd say like two and a half megan blushes because there are moments that are like really graphic and then there's other moments where there's like none so there yeah he he brags on himself a little bit <laughs> at times those are like the main points Reggie's parents suck, so she has some abandonment issues, and her parents are basically scammers, and they will open credit cards in her name and try to buy cars in her name. So when she's getting told she can make, like, $30,000 a month, she's like, great, I can get all these, like, fake debts out from underneath my name and, like, get my parents off my back. So that's part of her journey. Ben's got some parental issues along the way as well. And yeah, it was super, it was super fun and witchy and fall vibes and I'm here for it. And that was Go Hex Yourself by Jessica Clare. Nice. I love the whole idea of wanking by crystal ball. Right. (laughs) Voyeurism, isn't that what it's called? Yeah. Extreme voyeurism. (laughs) (laughs) You're never alone if there's a crystal ball close by. (laughs) That's right. Sort of like having a smart speaker close by. (laughs) 
right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Old school, new school. Yes. Okay, so my turn. And of course, I'm going to go dark. The book I read this time is called Night's Edge by Liz Curran. Might be Karen, but K-E-R-I-N. I think I saw this book. This is one of those books that I found through a Facebook ad. I'm pretty sure that this was one of the ones I found through through the Nightfire. I don't know if it was an ad or... I saw a picture of the cover on Facebook and they were talking about it being a horror novel. So I looked it up and sure enough, I found a copy of the audiobook to listen to. And this was a really interesting vampire, a take on vampires. Because in the book, yes, there is a virus that has been infecting people that's not curable that turns people into vampires. But it's, it's almost like everybody knows about it and it's just part of society. And so they've learned to deal with it. But this particular story follows the main character of Mia, whose mother has secretly had this virus since Mia was about 10 years old. And her boyfriend is a vampire. And Mia has been secretly keeping her mother in blood in, in order to keep her away from this boyfriend. So it's just basically the two of them. And they have a very codependent relationship. Mia doesn't do anything else except for take care of her mother, basically. And she's like a walking blood bag. So it, it's almost like the book is about addiction. That's what it feels like. It feels like her daughter is the caretaker of an addict. But the thing that makes it such a good story is Mia's voice. I mean, I, I was looking at Goodreads after I read this, and it did not get very good ratings. I mean, it's just barely made of four. But the writing style of this was, to me, so compelling. Well, I mean, obviously, it was depressing because there was a lot of child abuse and neglect and just really horrific themes involved. That as a horror novel and a vampire novel specifically, it works really good because you get this, the story of the desperation of a child to make her life normal and her almost desperate need to make sure her mother is safe. And there are a lot of kids of addicts who are like that. The boyfriend is scary as fuck. So there are a couple of times where, I mean, she fears him. Obviously, he's he's a, not only a vampire, but he's crazy. And it's sort of like he's the crazy drug addict type. But it's all about Mia and her need to separate herself from her mother because she's become a woman who wants to have a life, but she can't. So she tries to make connections with people and... She, she can't even really go to a party or anything because if she does and she's not home in time to feed her mother, her mother will leave and go seek blood elsewhere. So she's trying to help her mother survive, but at the same time, she wants so badly just to leave and start her own life. It was very atmospheric, very, I don't know. I just felt like 
it felt dark the whole time I was reading this book. Dark, dingy, depressing. But at the same time, there was a little bit of light and hope because you were wanting so badly for Mia to be able to live a life without her mother. And after I read this, I learned that there was a second book, but I don't think it's readily available yet. I don't know. I, I guess I would like for somebody else I know to read this book to see if I was the only one who thought it was really good. I was, like I said, disappointed in its rating on Goodreads, but that's nothing new, I guess. That happens all the time. But I thought Liz Karen's voice is really strong and her characters were very rich and full. Even though it's a depressing as hell book, it's a really good take on vampires and great for spooky season. And it wasn't particularly long either. It was only 278 pages. So once again, that was called Night's Edge by Liz Karen. Try it out. Let me know what you think of it. And let's give this girl some love because I think she's great. Nice. That sounds like an interesting book. It really was good. I liked it. That's good. I like when we like books. It's kind of weird to think about, though. We all joke around, vampires are real, werewolves really do exist, and yada yada. But think about what that would be in real life. Yeah. In real life, somebody would have to make sure that you had a steady supply of blood. And yeah. if you're like a, a first-generation vampire, you haven't built up the connections or the finances Exactly. And so they're poor, you know, they're trying to scrape by as a single parent. And basically, I mean, what kind of a job is she going to be able to hang on to except for just the night job she's working? And then you'd have Mm -hmm. all that temptation around you all the time. And it would just be, I mean, and as a 10 year old trying to hold all that shit together. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it was it was really I thought I thought it was really interesting look at what it would be like to be the kid of a single parent addict. But at the same time, you know, I love a good vampire novel. So I'm usually I'll I'll usually read anything or at least start anything. It's going to fall into that category. (sighs) Unless, of course, the vampires are sparkly. Yeah, not so much on that. If it was funny and there wasn't it and it wasn't so heavily tied, I would really enjoy reading like a comedic vampire novel and I wouldn't mind a bit if they were sparkly. If as long as It'd it wasn't okay. as long as it wasn't completely tied to romance. The one that I just finished was another one of those ones where there was way too much Oh, she's dreamy. <laughs> Even though it was really gruesome and I think I'll probably review it next week, but I was still pissed off about half the time because it was so, oh, she never notices me. Shut up. Quit being so needy, bitch. Oh, I've always secretly loved her. I suppose everybody's got some of that in their past, right? Being needy? Well, the unrequited love theme. Oh, yeah. Which is why it comes out so often in the books we read because everybody can relate to it. It's just not everybody wants to hear about it. It's true. 
I got a nose whistle. <laughs> Every time I breathe in, I can hear it. You have a whistle and I have a snore. <laughs> From a whistle to a snore. <laughs> the tale of the three book girls audio issues. Spooky. That's our own speaker. <laughs> Spooky season. <laughs> Just when you thought the snore couldn't get any worse, you get. <laughs> Y'all are a mess. Of course we are. What's That's what makes us so much fun. No. You love it, Megan. You love uh, us. Oh, Thank and you know what? I want to do a big shout out to Alyssa. I think I kind of sort of mentioned it last time that she redid our music for us. She did some intro music and yes. some outro music. Thank you, Alyssa. You are the best. We miss you. So thank you, Alyssa. You are the queen of the ukulele, a musician we could not do without. Very, very true. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. We got a new Patreon. Yes, we did. <laughs> did I miss one? Welcome to the Three Book Girls Patreon, Shona Gibson. Woo! Woo! And as for you, you too can be a member of our Patreon. Hop on, check it out, and support your poor book girls. Five book poor. girls. Five. Poor. P-O-O-R. Oh, poor. <laughs> poor. I was like, Martha, there's five of us. I know. Poor, not four. Can can we safely say that Martha may now be a smidgen of a Swifty? Uh... Well, I, you know what? I don't what? think that's going to happen, Megan. You know what? I don't think so. Here's the thing, Megan. I do. I am a pop princess to my core, or I wouldn't do the job that I do. I just have to spread it so very thin across <laughs> all the pop people. So I can't, I can't show too much love to any one singer because it just wouldn't be Martha. fair how how would pink feel be if fair. i went all in on taylor swift come on it'd be fair <laughs> joey was dr dressed up yeah but joey has a teenage daughter so you got to give him that i think martha was singing along i was there was several times where i looked over and went what she, she knows the words to that one yeah i do i really do like her uh, i it's because i forgot that the love the song lover was actually a single because i was like martha how do you know this song <laughs> yeah it is sort of my job but and and I megan did megan did a fantastic job of being the brand ambassador of taylor swift <laughs> she was wearing a sparkly outfit we'll we'll post a, a picture on our or megan you should post a picture on our squad page so everyone can I see can. How fabulous you looked in your little Taylor Swift crop top outfit <laughs> at 10 o'clock in the morning at the AMC. <laughs> I'll tell you what, last night when I went to the opening night, or I guess it technically wasn't opening night anymore, when I walked, I had to walk through the entire mall. In her sparkly <laughs> outfit. Second guessed my whole life. And then I, as soon as I got <laughs> to the top of the escalator and saw all the other Swifties, and they were like, you and I was like, okay, I can relax. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of, Vonnie? Vonnie and I went to a play. Did we went to a play on Thursday night, and it was called Antelope Party. And the premise sort of of the play was it, it was sort of about these adult 
My Little Pony enthusiasts who it was almost like a Dungeons and Dragons game that they would play only based on the My Little Pony characters. And the My Little Pony universe. Yes. I mean, it was a cartoon. They did have their, it's kind of like, you. May, I mean, the Care Bears had their own little yeah, they did. Care Bear land. So, yeah, they so did. So did My Little Pony. It, it was at the local Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Repertory Theater, which is located in the top of one of the art museums is where they perform at Oklahoma Contemporary. And we, we went to opening night and your story, Megan, I almost told you about this this morning and then we got distracted, but your story really resonated with me because one of the things they do in this play is they, they dress up, obviously, but they don't want to walk around the neighborhood in their My Little Pony outfits. So a lot of times they do a quick change in the hall yeah, <laughs> so that people won't see them walking around with their pony costumes. Yeah, I, I was fine coming in this morning, but then leaving again this afternoon was very similar feeling. <laughs> there, was no, there was even more people because it was Saturday midday. At the mall. At the mall, and they were doing like a fashion sh- fall fashion show or something you know in what the that, middle of the mall. Oh, no, wait. That's the different mall. I, I missed the breast cancer fashion show that I was invited to because that was over at Quail. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was supposed to go to that today, and I'm like, there's no fucking way, man. Anyway, Antelope Party, the the play that we went to, even though I've just described this really funny scenario, it was a really kind of a dark play. <laughs> I'm sure. It was kind of dark, and it had a super ambiguous ending, and I was so delighted by that because it was so different. I mean... It's just not every day you get to go see a play like that. And the acting well, was good. excellent, too. So anyway. Well, shout out to all the fandoms. All the Martha's fandoms Martha's been everywhere. now immersed in two of them in two days. Yep. I got to see the My Little <laughs> Pony enthusiasts. And then I spent three hours in the Taylor Swift universe. In the depth. She is well cultured in all aspects. Yep. Yes. In in all generations. Yes, yep. I am. I am a multifaceted. I'm multi- leave it at that. I'm multifaceted. Do I sparkle? <laughs> Can you see me sparkle from there? Are you be you are very bejeweled, Martha. Very yes, done. Thank well you. done. Thank you. Thank you. Although I'll never <laughs> outshine that jacket Megan had on today. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like a trail of sequence in my seat because as I was dancing around, it would catch and I would just like pull my arm to like get it to let I go. bet you could have seen her from the International Space Station today. <laughs> probably. She was probably. probably putting the eye out of anybody who was looking at her directly when the sun shining on her. <laughs> really, it wasn't It wasn't a solar eclipse today. It was just Megan. It was just Megan. Sequence. Yep. It was just Megan in her sequence. Yep. Maybe it was a collective Swifty sequence. <laughs> That's what it was. Maybe. Maybe. So the moral of this story is never, ever be afraid to shine, my friends. And that's going to do it for... Three Book Girls. If you made it this far, you are truly bookish. So go to Facebook and join your fellow book lovers on the Three Book Girls squad. Follow Three Book Girls on socials and be on the lookout for their next live event. 
proud of their lack of shelf control, Three Book Girls is a Steel Trap production.